Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. Here's where you get to have your say, call in, ask a Bible question, uh, make a Bible comic, uh, tell us what your view on a particular passage is. Uh, anything's fair game as long as it's from the Bible. The only rule is the Bible settles all issues, settles all questions. Uh, we're not going to let what I think or what you think or what I want or what you want or what's politically correct necessarily or what the majority thinks. That's doesn't decide. God decides his word is the Bible. That's the final authority. Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. In John 8, 32, Jesus said, you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. Only the truth, following the truth, will make us free from sin in God's word defines for us what the truth is. So we want to follow the truth. That means we want to follow God's word. I believe you want to do the same thing. So let's find out together what the word of God actually says. You know, all these people teaching different things, different churches, different preachers. Two plus two cannot equal four and five at the same time. All of these churches want to say, oh, it's okay. It's one church has sprinkling babies for baptism. Another church has immersing believers. And but most churches will say both sides are right. No, both sides can't be right. It can't be right that you have to immerse a, a believer for baptism, but it also be okay that you can sprinkle a baby. Both sides can't be right. But even the church's teaching that the Bible says you have to immerse a believer will say the one sprinkling babies are okay. That doesn't make any sense. Only the truth's going to make us free from sin. Some churches say allow gay marriage. Some churches don't. And what's strange to me, some of the churches that say the Bible teaches against gay marriage say the ones that teach it's okay to have gay marriage, they're okay. And the churches that say it's wrong to have women preachers, 1 Corinthians 14, 34, and 35, and that's right, by the way, will say the ones who have women preachers, they're okay. None of that makes any sense. They're all saying, all these churches, almost every church is saying two plus two, the answer is four and five and six and seven. Whatever you say two plus two is, the answer is right. It doesn't matter whether you say it's four. If you say it's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all of those answers are right. What a grading scale. No, only the truth will set us free. Jesus said in John 8, 31, you, if you continue in my word, then are you my, my disciples indeed. So you're only a true disciple if you continue in his word. Many people out there are claiming to be his disciple. But they're not a true disciple of Christ unless they're continuing in his word. And all this reminds me of a call I got in January 2016. So that's been, what, a little over six years ago. On this program, Jamie from Pensacola, Florida, called in with a very outstanding question. He said, why are there so many interpretations of the Bible? And he's right. There are a lot of interpretations of the Bible. But why is that? Now, we're told by many that the reason there's so many interpretations of the Bible is because the Bible's hard to understand. And you may assume that's true. You may see all these different interpretations of the Bible out there and say, well, that must mean the Bible's hard to understand. But tonight I want to challenge that notion. I don't think it has to do with the Bible being hard to understand. I think the reason there's so many different interpretations of the Bible has to do with people not having a love for the truth. Isn't that what we see from 2 Thessalonians 2.10, which reads this way. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. I don't think people have a proper love for the truth. 
And I'm going to try to illustrate that and prove that to you tonight. Now, I didn't have time to give a full answer to Jamie back in 2016, but the first thing that came to my mind is to talk about 1 Corinthians 14, 34, and 35 and how that relates to the women preachers question. Because I really can't think of a passage in the Bible that's any clearer on any topic than 1 Corinthians 14, 34, and 35 is on the women preachers issue. Now, when we talk about the women preachers issue, nobody's saying it's wrong for a woman to teach a ladies Bible class or to teach children. We're talking about when we all leave the Sunday school classes and all come into the one place, 1 Corinthians 14, 23, the church assembly. You know, we might call it the preaching service, whatever you want to call it. When the whole church comes together after the Sunday school classes, they all come into one place to come together. Can a woman deliver the sermon during that time frame? Well, let's look at this passage I just mentioned. Here's how it reads. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. As I said, that's not ambiguous at all. It's very, very clear. Yet, I've been told about, you take all the different types of congregations now, uh, all the congregations in the United States and Canada, 75% would allow a woman to preach from the pulpit. When this says, basically in three different ways, that that's sinful. It says, let your women keep silence in the churches. It is not permitted unto them to speak. It is a shame for women to speak in the church. There's nothing unclear about that. It's nothing hard to understand. Yet 75% of the congregations out there allow a woman to preach from the pulpit. You see, the differences in, quote, interpretations have nothing to do with the Bible being hard to understand. This is very hard, easy to understand. 1 Corinthians 14, 34 is plain as a ladybug. It's so clear. Not ambiguous at all. Yet all these churches practice something contrary to that. You see, they're not practicing something different than what the Bible says because the Bible's hard to understand. It's very easy to understand. They're practicing something different because they're letting political correctness influence what they're going to believe and practice instead of letting the Bible be their authority, their sole authority, their final authority, their ultimate authority. Paul said in Ephesians 3, 3 through 4, he says, How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge of Christ. So what, here's what Paul's saying, and this is true about any of the Old Testament prophets, the New Testament prophets, the apostles. God revealed to them his revelation, his will. They wrote it down in words so that when we read it, we could understand it. Did you ever get a letter from maybe your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your mother? Did you have to take it down to the president of the local theological seminary to get him to interpret it for you? No, no. When you read it, you could understand it. And that's what this is claiming about the Bible. God used his representatives, these Old Testament and New Testament prophets. He revealed his law, Old Testament law, New Testament law, to them. They wrote it down in words so that when we read it, we can understand it. It's that simple. Read and study the Bible. And you can understand it. I'm not saying we shouldn't listen to preaching. Obviously, I think preaching is valuable. I'm trying to do it tonight. But you can read and understand the Bible. You don't have to have the Pope 
or the president of the local theological seminary to interpret it for you. But Paul says here, you can read it and understand it. I mean, can't you read 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35? This says, it's a shame for women to speak in the church and understand that it's sinful for a woman to deliver the sermon in the church service. Why can't you understand that? That's easy. Yet, if statistics says 75% of you listening to this program are part of churches that allow women to preach from the pulpit. <laughs> Does it make any sense? It's not. We don't have a bunch of different interpretations of the Bible because the Bible's hard to understand. It's because people are not willing to take what the Bible plainly says. Isn't that obvious? If you have a Bible question, give us a call at 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. Another reason that we come up with, quote, different interpretations of the Bible, and it's not because the Bible's hard to understand, is because people are using the wrong authority. I want you to notice this quote from the Watchtower Witnesses material, the JWs. This is official quote from them. They said, we find that people cannot see the divine plan in studying the Bible by itself. We see also that if anyone lays aside the scripture studies, and they mean their, their Watchtower magazine, even after he has read them for 10 years, if he then lays them aside and ignores them and goes to the Bible alone, our experience shows that within two years, he goes into darkness. On the other hand, if he had merely read the scripture studies and had not read a page of the Bible, he would be in the light. So the Watchtower people, and you may have had them knock on your doors, the JWs, what they're saying is that you'd be better off reading their material alone than to read the Bible alone. You see, they're positioning their material by the Bible. They're saying if you want to learn the truth, of course, their truth, Read our material. Don't read the Bible because if you read the Bible and not our material, you won't come up with the truth. <laughs> they have the wrong authority. It's their material. Their Watchtower magazine that is the ultimate authority, not the Bible. And if you don't have the Bible as your real final authority, of course you're going to come up with a different interpretation than, than the person who's taken the Bible as his supreme and only authority. Joe from Mississippi, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hey, Mr. Donahue, I just want to, I'm so thankful that you're speaking on that this morning because I think that's the main issue uh, within the churches today is that as people just take what the man at the pulpit's saying instead of getting in the Word, that there's a scripture, and I can't remember where it is, but I know you'll know. It says, you have no need that man teacheth you. You have an unction from the Holy One, meaning that's the Holy Spirit. The scripture also tells us that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. So to your point, the Bible will teach us if we're willing to be taught. And then I think in First Timothy it says that what? All Scripture is inspired by who? By God. So all, for what? For reproof, correction, instruction, so that the man of God, I'm paraphrasing, uh, may be fully equipped unto every good work. So the Bible will teach us everything we need to know through the Holy Spirit. That's the issue with Christians today, I believe, is that they're letting a man, not that all preachers, don't misunderstand what I'm saying, we need to be taught good from the pulpit, but we need to be in the Word of God, because if the Word of the Word of God is what will teach us, and if a man is off base, we'll know it through the Word of God. I just wanted to comment that, and I thank you for what you do. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. You're exactly right. Let's go to Acts 17, verse 11, and show exactly what Joe's talking about, if I understood him correctly. Here in verse 10 of Acts 17, you have Paul and Silas preaching. 
Now, Paul is probably the most famous gospel preacher of all time, other than Jesus himself. I mean, if you can accept what, what anybody says blindly, you should be able to accept what Paul said blindly. But the Bereans are highly complimented because they didn't just accept what Paul said. Let me read Acts 17, verse 11. I think it backs up the point I think Joe was making. It says, it says these were more noble than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. So the Bereans are very highly complimented for not just accepting what Paul said. They compared what he said to the scriptures, the scriptures they had at that time, to make sure what he said was the truth. That's the way to keep yourself from being led astray by a false teacher. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew 15, 14, if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. The blind man, the blind leader there represents the false religious teacher. The blind follower represents us if we allow that false religious teacher to lead us astray. The ditch represents being lost, the bad place. We're going to end up in the same place as the false teacher if we allow him to lead us astray. The way to guard against that is what Joe was talking about. Study the word of God for yourself and what you're being taught. You make sure the guy's proving what he says by the scriptures because the scripture, we know that's from God. That's going to be inerrant without error. Okay, but a man can be wrong. I can be wrong. When you hear me preach on the radio, you make sure I back it up with book, chapter, and verse, and you compare it and do what the Bereans are complimented for doing. Search the scriptures to see if what I'm saying or what it, whoever's preaching, whoever's teaching is saying is so. And that's how you guard against a false being led astray by a false teacher. Very good comments by Joe. So Joe brought up 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 just now, and I was going to use that to prove that the Bible should be our authority. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, I'll read it, even though Joe quoted it pretty well. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. First, let's talk about the Bible saying here that scripture is inspired of God. What's that mean? Well, be kind of like this, I think is a good illustration. You have an executive for a company, a big executive. He wants to write a letter to another company. What does he do? He probably dictates that letter to his secretary. His secretary types it up. She may put her initials there as the one who typed it, but who signs it? The executive. He's the real author. He came up with the words. It's the same way here. God came up with the words. He dictated it, we might say, to the apostles and the New Testament prophets. And so they're parallel to the secretary. He's parallel to the executive of the company. He's the real author. Scriptures are inspired of God and they're profitable for doctrine. We talked about already tonight uh, some doctrines, different doctrines that people teach. How do you determine the right doctrine? From the scripture. The scripture is the final authority. And that's what people need to realize. When you're like the Watchtower folks, and you say, well, you'd be better off reading our material than reading the Bible, then you got the wrong authority. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17, and many other passages say the Bible should be our authority. And of course, if you use the wrong authority, you're going to come up with different interpretations because you're using a different standard. You got to abide by that one final inerrant authority, the scriptures, not man-made stuff. Some denominations, other than the Watchtower folks, do the same thing with creed books and confessions if they let them take priority over scripture. And I think 
what Joe was pointing out, we can do the same thing if we let our favorite preacher hold sway. We believe him instead of believing, studying the Bible for ourselves to find out what's right. We can do the same thing as the watchtower folks and have the wrong authority. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755, You know, another reason that people come up with, quote, different interpretations of the Bible, and it's not because the Bible is hard to understand, is because they let tradition trump Scripture. They let tradition take priority over Scripture. And I think the Catholics are a perfect example of this. For example, the Catholic Catholics teach what's called the perpetual virginity of Mary. The Bible teaches, and we'll see in a minute, that's true, that Mary was a virgin until Jesus was born. Jesus was born of a virgin. But the Catholic tradition says that Mary remained a virgin her whole life. In spite of what the Bible says, two simple passages will prove that's wrong. Matthew 1, 24 and 25 says, And Joseph knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph knew her not till she had brought her firstborn son. What would that mean? That would mean once she had Jesus, Joseph knew her. It's talking about knowing her sexually. And how about Matthew 13, 55 and 66? 55 and 56 reads this way. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Guess what? This passage is saying clearly, Jesus had four brothers and at least two sisters. He had sisters, four brothers and some sisters. Well, how can you have brothers and sisters if Mary remained a virgin her whole life? That would be impossible. So these two passages are very, very clear that Mary, yes, was a virgin until Jesus was born, but she knew her husband just like any normal husband and wife after Jesus was born. So this doctrine, the perpetual virginity of Mary, is just a tradition. And the Catholics let tradition take priority over Scripture. Now, of course, if you do that, you're going to come up with different interpretations of the Bible. If you let tradition trump scripture, you're going to come up with different interpretations of the Bible. Of course you are. But if you let the Bible be your sole guide and authority and rule book, then you're going to have a shot at all coming up with the same understanding. Catholic Church also claims Peter was the first pope. And of course, we all know the pope can't get married. But how can both of those facts be true? When we read about it, we read a passage like Matthew 8, 14. It says, when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. Peter had a wife. Peter had a mother-in-law. And I'm just teasing here, but it wouldn't be fair to have a mother-in-law without a wife, would it? Peter had a mother-in-law. He had a wife. How can Peter be the first pope and be married at the same time? Catholics say he's the first pope and they don't let... And the popes can't marry. How can that be so? We see clearly Peter had a wife, Matthew 8, 14. What's happening here? Is Do we have a different understanding of the Bible because the Bible's hard to understand? No, there's nothing hard to understand about Matthew 8, 14. The problem has not to do with if the scriptures are hard to understand. The problem is that the Catholics have this tradition and let they let that tradition trump 
what the scriptures said. Say, if you have a Bible question or comment, please call us at 877-655-6755. Another reason that we have, quote, different interpretations of the Bible, and it's not because the Bible is hard to understand, is because many times ulterior motives come into play when people reason, study the scriptures. For example, John 12, 42 and 43 is a perfect example of this. It says, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Now, why didn't, the fair, these religious leaders, these chief rulers, why didn't they follow Christ? Was it because it was hard to determine if Jesus was really who he said he was, that he was really the son of God? No. It says they believed in Jesus. So why didn't they follow through on that belief? Because they didn't want to be put out of the synagogue. They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. You see, they had ulterior motives. It's not that the truth on whether the Jesus was the son of God was hard to understand. They didn't have any problem understanding it. But they had ulterior motives. A lot of people do that today. For example, on homosexuality. I don't think there's anything hard to understand about Leviticus 20, verse 13. It says, if a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. There's nothing hard to understand about that. It's clearly saying it's wrong for a man to have a sex with another man. Of course, that's in the Old Testament. We could prove the same thing in the New Testament. But the gay church says it wasn't wrong in the Old Testament either. So we'll just use this verse. Is there anything hard to understand about that? Nothing hard to understand about that. But all the testimonies of homosexuals that I've ever seen say they were homosexual. They struggled against it because the church they were part of taught against it. They felt guilty, but all of a sudden they found a church that would accept them. In other words, they kept looking around until they found a church that would say homosexuality is, is right. You see, they have ulterior motives. They're, they don't come up with this interpretation of the Bible that it's okay to be gay because it's really hard to determine from the Bible if that's right or wrong. No, it's very clearly taught to be wrong five or six times in the Old Testament, five or six times in the, in the New. They come up with these funny interpretations of the Bible because they start out wanting to have gay sex. And so they find a way in the Bible to justify it, no matter what it takes. John from Tennessee. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Uh, yeah, I'm 72 years old. I was born and raised in the Catholic Church, and I left the Catholic Church a long time ago in my 30s uh, because of one thing, uh, the Hail Mary. Uh, the Hail Mary says, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Mary is not the Mother of God. Mary is the Mother of Jesus Christ, a God-made man. And, and to me, that, that you know, uh, and it, plus the infallibility of the Pope, I don't believe in the Pope at all. He's just a man. He screws up like everybody else. Look at the history of the Catholic Church and what they've done. But Mary is not the mother of God. And I guess that's the end of my question. But anyway, whatever you think. John, I appreciate your call. Let me use your call as an occasion to mention this. If you go to the BibleCrossFire.com website, that's the name of this program, Bible Crossfire. Go to BibleCrossFire.com. Yep. There's... Old programs of mine on there, archives of this program, ways you can ask me Bible questions over email, Bible correspondence course, different things like that. But there's a link to a debate website called BibleDebates.info where I've had many public debates and I've debated four or five or six or eight times Catholic apologists 
on these issues like infant baptism, are babies born in sin, transubstantiation. How about sola scriptura? Is the Bible our sole authority? Debated them publicly on all these issues. If you like, you can go to that website and find those debates and listen to them. Thank you for your call, John. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, we appreciate all the calls and appreciate you listening tonight to Bible Crossfire. We'll try to continue our discussion next week on why there are so many different understandings of the Bible. And what we're proving is it's not because the Bible is hard to understand. It's because people don't have a love for the truth. They're letting other things interfere with their understanding of the Bible because the Bible is not really that hard to understand. We'll talk about that more next week, Lord willing. In the meantime, if you'd like to have a free one-hour phone Bible study with me, sometime at your convenience, morning, afternoon, or evening, a weekday, a weekend, <clears throat> I want you to call or text me at 256-682-9753. Free one-hour phone Bible study at your convenience, 